Greetings, all you fine paper people, and welcome back to the paper fold. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad to be back. So what I had originally envisioned as a few weeks off obviously got quite a bit longer. I have taken advantage of the break to think a lot about the paper fold, what I bring to its table, and how it can better unify our industry when we're not gathering in person. Now, I love nothing better than interviewing people, but I come from a print journalism background. That means when I was trained in the interview, time was not of the essence. I will sit down with a subject as long as that subject is willing to sit with me to get everything I need. Then, once the interview is done, I have the luxury of all the time in the world, or at least until my deadline, to write the best prose I can come up with. Podcasts, on the other hand, are assembled very differently. You record the interview and both you and the subject know that every last inflection and um is committed to the recording forever. And I think, frankly, my usual interview style is lacking in podcast form. For example, I was taught in journalism school that if you are conducting an interview and you don't get the answer you were looking for, Keep asking the same question until you get it, no matter how many times it takes. The thinking behind that is that sometimes people don't understand the question the same as you. So you just keep posing it until you happen to arrive at a way that the subject understands it, and then you can get the response that you were looking for. That works wonderfully in print. In podcasting, I can't help imagining you would not only end up with an anxious subject, but a completely bored audience as well. So as I approach a new season of subjects, that type of thing is something I'm keeping in mind. Podcasting is really an, a fantastic adventure for me. So thank you again for listening and sticking around as I attempt to approve my game. One quick housekeeping note, I switched recording technologies. I am now using a streaming platform, which means I can see the person I'm interviewing and they can also see me, kind of like a Zoom call. I am loving it, first because I think the sound is much better, but also because I am so starved to see paper peeps' faces. Seeing them in person is powerful to me. It brings an immediacy and an interaction that you just don't get over a phone call, and hopefully that will create better content as well. So with all that being said, it was a real treat for me to see this episode's guest in person. Jason Arbuckle is the founder and creative director of Jay Faulkner, an enchanting card brand that seems to crystallize Palm Beach sunshine in card form. I got acquainted with Jason at his very first national stationery show in 2011. At that point, I would say the industry was still dominated by letterpress and sort of more artisanal cards. So his colorful, vibrant work felt somewhat out of left field. There is just something very enchanting about his polished range. You receive one of his bright envelopes and opening it is like a chic little card equivalent to a shared cocktail. The work is really a reflection of Jason's personality, of course, which I confess I adore. He's amazingly dapper, he's witty, he's well-read, he's entertaining, and he is, oh, so much fun to catch up with. And here's the craziest part. While the look is all Palm Beach, and that's where Jay Faulkner's offices are, 
Jason is currently living what I'm jealously calling the expat life in London, no less. So you can imagine I have a million questions about what's going on there. How is he running his business? What's he releasing with his range? And when might he return stateside? So I've got Jason here with me from London in the paper fold right after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, journals, and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from Off the Rack to Atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chasing Dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from L.A. to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless Luke's surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting-edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl With Knife in hundreds of shops across the U.S. and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl With Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, L.A. Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and, of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, 
as of 2021. Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard Showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. All right, we're in the paper fold. I am here with Jason Arbuckle of Jay Faulkner. Jason, welcome to the paper fold. It's a real pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Um, yours is one of the few card lines I've ever come across that identifies itself so closely with the city in which it's born, in, in your case, Palm Beach. Can you expand on your relationship with that locale and how it plays out within your brands? Yeah, gladly. I mean, Palm Beach is not to be confused with Palm Springs. Um, Palm Beach uh, was um, the original American resort town in many ways. And it's a really, it's a tiny little island. It's actually kind of a sandbar island just off the coast, about an hour and a half north of Miami in Florida. And it's a kind of fun, preppy, colorful place where everyone wears Lily Pulitzer and that's just the men. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, it was designed again to be a kind of, you know, uh, a playground for, for the rich and famous of that time. Um, and that's its, its legacy is that it's become, you know, it's just very charming and whimsical. And um, still now, a lot of people from the Northeast come down to Palm Beach for a weekend. It's only a few hours by plane. And then you step into an entirely different world which again is very colorful and playful and fun. Um, and I started doing that when I was living in New York, um, would come down as a treat after I closed the magazine I was working on when we were on deadline. We'd finished up and I would say, God, time for a nice weekend to treat ourselves. Uh, let and me interrupt then, you. No. I'm so sorry. We, please tell my listeners what magazine you were at, um, oh, what yes. was well, going and, on um, and what you did. Yeah, be, yeah, before I worked in, um, in the stationary world, I had a career in magazines and I worked in some women's magazines in London. And then I came to New York and I worked on People. And then we had an offshoot called People Style Watch, which really looked at celebrity style. And it was the time when people cared about what someone was wearing on their way to get a big cappuccino. Um, but it was great, great fun, and it was wonderful. It felt very energetic, and it was a wonderful time in magazines. And I worked with a great team there. And that, that was yeah, a beautiful was, book. I used to read it. Yeah, it was a really, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and again, it was it was about working with a small team, um, doing something different. Um, and then in this giant brand called People, where you know it was incredible to be part of that kind of cultural icon. But then when I, when I left that and I came down to Palm Beach um, permanently, um, I thought, well, let, let, I've always enjoyed stationery. I'll get, why don't I just start with a few ideas here? But I really wanted to do something different because of course, this was about 10 years ago, but even then it was very crowded market stationery. And, um, and I thought, what could I be bringing to that party? And I thought color, and that's where Palm Beach came into it because 
everywhere I went in Palm Beach, I'd see these little pink houses and, you know, the green palms and the blue of the ocean and water. Um, and, I, and I thought that's something that I'm excited about personally. How can I translate that into my brand? And this also, this was in 2011. And this was a time when there wasn't as much color in the greeting card world at the higher end, you know, it was more yeah, mass no, I agree. And so the higher end was a time when, you know, there was a lot of, I mean, like letterpress was popular and the nature of letterpress is it's beautiful and the textures of it, but it tends to be a bit more muted in the colors because of just the printing process. Right. Um, and there was a bit more of a Brooklyn feel to things and artisanal. And so not everyone, everyone got what we were doing. I mean, I think now color is a lot more popular thanks to Instagram because that really pops. Um, but we found our market. We found people who really did, you know, understand what we were doing. And um, and that's why we really always branded ourselves with Palm Beach because I think Palm Beach has a profile of being colorful and fun. Um, and that's us too. So those were our connections. And still now when I'm in Palm Beach and I walk outside the studio or I get on my bicycle ride home, I see things that give me ideas as well. So that's that's why we have this great connection to where we are. That's amazing. And I remember your stationary show booth uh, first year. I mean, you were like a, um, you know, uh, a colorful oasis in the middle of like very staid rows. <laughs> like your booth very was all color. Bird, yeah. Right, right. It was a little oasis. Um, and I remember it well, and it popped, and it was so different than what everyone else was doing uh, from the start. And um, and it definitely has that, it, you know, it has that vibe. I, I've seen other ranges, I think, kind of try to pick it up, but it's, I, I don't know, it's very authentic, I think, to, to you. Um, well, thank so. you. Thank you. Um, so branding aside, um, you really live a quite a global lifestyle that most people um, like me, for example, would be really jealous of. Uh, you spend quite a bit of time in London. In, in fact, you're in London right now. This is my yes, I am. <laughs> very first international paper fold episode. Um, so how does that work with you running a company in Florida? Yes. Well, it was a lot easier before, you know, 2020 <laughs> arrived and shut down, you know, <laughs> a kind of hip hopping across the globe. Um and um, I mean, my business is based in Palm Beach um, mm -hmm. and we, I have a home there and we then have a separate um, studio and office where we, a separate building where we fulfill things, um, come up with the ideas. So we're very much in Palm Beach, but in the last five years, um, for personal reasons, I'm now spending a lot of time in London. So I'm going back and forth with London and um, Florida. And so that's a lovely contrast for me because Palm Beach is like a little village coming into that. And then when I get off a plane on the other side, I'm into this big world city. Um, certainly there are, you know, there, in terms of running a business, that's maybe not the easiest way to do it. I mean, there are challenges, <laughs> but I think what you do is you usually get systems in place. And sure. so I have a small team there who are incredibly reliable and trustworthy. And that's very important if I'm not there all the time. We speak every day, which because of, you know, the Zoom and the Skyping and all the technology available, but we do have systems in place for everything. 
But on the other hand, you know, you can have the best run company and all the best systems and it cannot succeed because there's not a spark there. And I think what for me has been so important about London and the difference between the two is I am so stimulated by being in this big city as well as being in this small village. So I feel that's been really great for our product that I'm seeing these amazing exhibitions in London. Um, I am able to kind of see how things are merchandised in small stores and big department stores. Even, you know, the fashion on the street, which is terrific in London, those kind of color combinations, they give me ideas too. And, And also London has always been a great design city so everything right. from the signage of like the underground you know in a particular typeface um to again these these fantastic museums um and little little things just you know you'll see like a, a poster on the underground and that'll give you an idea um so i just feel that's been really beneficial and then i also get it when i'm in london i get a chance to go to the trade shows here you know when they'll be back up and running um i'll be jumping on those again so it's, I think that contrast has been really very beneficial for me. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and look, I mean, there is so much, ins- I mean, you are, you're lucky to have like so much visual in, in, um, inspiration. I mean, I see your uh, Instagram feed and you, a couple of weeks ago you did that. It was like a cafe with all the flowers to social oh, yeah, distance. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, Wow, that was the most interesting thing I saw that day. Like, um, I definitely miss it. Um, I think with all the trade shows not happening, um, part of the experience was getting to go to New York and walk walk in my hotel and see what people are wearing and how people are wearing their hair and what they're carrying. And, you know, it, you know, that's how I kind of place trends and see the world and come up with ideas. And when all that's gone, it's it can be a struggle to come up with it. So I'm jealous in that way. Yeah. Well, no, I think another point I'd make to that is that you're right. We're all creative people and we're sitting in our rooms and our little cave somewhere coming up with great ideas and that can be incredibly productive. But I also feel it's so useful to step outside of that and then see how, in my case, how greeting cards actually look in a store, you know, that I can design my own and I line them up on a wall and I, I'm happy with what we've created, but it's seeing them out in the real world or seeing them at a, on a shelf on a trade show where I go into a cute little boutique, you know, in Kings road in London or something. Mm -hmm. And then I see they have a row of cards and they're not necessarily mine, but that they, they are placed with um, pillows and vases. And I see that they built a color story in that way. And it gives me ideas. And I think that's makes me rethink some of the things I'm doing when I'm just in a small studio. Right, right. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, and I mean, even watching a card person peruse cards is is valuable to you, to I. Like, how do they shop? What are they looking for? How many do they pick up? Are they, you know, are they looking oh, for I, a greeting? I know. Or, well, actually, we, know? we our cards are stocked at the V&A Museum in um, London, which is what um, anyone to visit London who cares about design would go to the V&A. Um, they have an amazing collection. And their um, museum store is really one of the best ones. They encourage all sorts of small craftsmen and such. And and just, I'm really pleased they do carry our cards. So I always check that out when I'm there. And then 
when I was there, and suddenly a woman was, you know, lingering over the card wall, and I just had not to be a strange stalker, but I just said, oh, there, she's picked up our octopus card. Oh, she's going for the bear. No, she didn't pick the bear. And then you're like, why did she pick the bear? The bear is such a good card, you know? And what does she have against bears? I know, oh what's wrong, you know? And then don't pick that one. No, that's not one of ours, you know? And then eventually I had to step away. But it is a bit, it is fascinating to actually see people in that in card and retail environment for sure. Um, I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned that you just mentioned that uh, came up when we were just chatting before uh, I started recording. Um, you were saying, you know, I have this very small cohesive staff and um, prior to this, prior to, to COVID, I would look at other greeting card lines with like bigger staffs and more established office, you know, bigger offices. And I would think, oh gosh, couldn't that be me? Well, and now you're sort of relieved that it's not you. Um, I, I mean, are you, I mean, having a streamlined operation really equipped you well to deal with the global pandemic, no? Yeah, I mean, de definitely. You know, I think everyone finds the right level for their company. And um, I was just, I was lucky that we are really quite streamlined and nimble, which has meant that when, you know, slow times happened, we were able to kind of, you know, curl back a little bit and really be careful with what we were doing. And um, in terms of printings, I actually was about to push go on a few big printings. I didn't do that. I held on before that. Um, our rent isn't that expensive. Again, last year we were thinking about getting bigger offices. I'm glad I didn't. So to me, I felt was really, you know, lucky and I still want to look after my people. But of course, we had to reduce hours. Um, and now we've been able to pick that up again. Um, but we just, yeah, we had to be really nimble. And I'm sure that's what everyone is doing in their companies at the moment and just waiting as, as times are now beginning to improve. We can bring more people back online. Mm -hmm. well. mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so now I am really curious as someone who has been, you know, stuck in America for quite some time, I, I'm really curious about what life is currently like in London and, and kind of how it's changed since last spring. Um, are people shopping? Are they wearing masks uh, diligently? Please enlighten us. Yes. Well, you know, I am not sure that England got it right like anyone did. I mean, there have mm -hmm. been just in the numbers, the numbers in England were pretty terrible. Um, mm -hmm. And the government was a little late to the mask party in terms of telling people to wear them. But once they established that message that, you know, you have to wear masks here and you have to do this and that, most people were pretty obliging. Um, and masks are not a political issue, fortunately. I mean, oh, you just, God. you know, so if jealous. you're going into a store, wear the mask. If you're going on public transport, wear the mask, you know. If you are, um, you know, in these particular areas, it's a sign of respect. It's just you do it. You know, it's 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 not. You, you don't need to be about political about it. Um, but but listen, I think it's been you know it's the isolation has been really tough on a lot of people, um, and working from home has been really hard. So I think all the struggles you know throughout the world um, are pretty similar. Um, I mean, I feel very sorry for a lot of the young people who are trying to get their career started in this environment. It's hugely uh. challenging um, not to be able to go into an office in the same way. Um, but, but, I, but London is, you know, a very creative city. And you can see that 
people are now very eager to get on with their businesses again as things have been able to open up. Um, you see stores and, um, you know, trying to really emphasize the local. I mean, that's one thing in terms of people's patterns that because they weren't really able to go far from their homes, they discovered their local communities and their local um, grocery stores in a way that they never had before. And you mm -hmm. hope that momentum will continue as people right. discover what is happening around them locally. And I think also really understanding how they're part of that community, like in a small neighborhood. And London is made up a lot of small neighborhoods. Small neighborhoods. You know, the, um, the custom you give to those local cafes and local grocery stores and local boulangerie or whatever it might mm -hmm. be are really, really important to them. I mean, you can see it. And so I feel that more acutely than ever before. And I think other people are coming onto that too. Um, and I think there's just, they're gonna, people are really gonna have to be even more creative than they were before. And I don't know exactly what the solution is. I mean, a lot of the restaurants are now doing much more outdoor dining and that's really been appealing and then kind of created a whole kind of festival spirit on some of the streets. So that's lovely to see. So um, yeah, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be a time for people to be really inventive with their, their businesses. And then I know, unfortunately, some businesses are just not gonna come back. I mean, you can also see right. that. Right, right, right. Unfortunately. Um, but I do think, you know, London, you know, look, I mean, this is, a, you know, it's a European city, you're hundreds of, you know, you're, um, you know, centuries and centuries old, and as opposed to us, a few centuries old, you know, the, it's a hardy, they're hardy people, they've seen this before, they're, um, you know, and they're used to kind of working together and coming together, maybe. Yeah, um, so, but honestly, Sarah, I do think the um, there has been some examples of, you know, people's worst behavior too. I mean, right. I, I think right. that I think America got a bit of a bad rap in in some mm -hmm. era, but I I think that you can see examples of you know really heroic behavior in America as well. Right, and you can, behavior, you can, you know, and I think right. the same here. I think that you know, there's some incredible frustrations with the government here. No one feels they've done such a good job. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, well, anyway, the queen seems to love what people are doing. <laughs> well, been, that's important. She's been supportive. And I think you're right. You have to take, my goodness, if, as a place that's had, you know, the blitz where, you know, right. buildings were being knocked down around you. And I mean, you, you have to take it in stride, but right. I think right. now there's a readiness, I think for things to wake up again and, you know, roll up our sleeves and find a way of making sense of all this. And I, and I think that's probably the same in a lot of communities in America too, that you want to, you have a business, you want to get on with it. You want right, to kind of right, start right. serving people again in a safe way and a kind of, you know, in a considerate way, in a considered way, but we want to get on. Right, right. Well, I guess, I guess my real question is like, are you having people like flipping out in Verizon stores over not wearing masks and like attacking people and knocking things over? Because if I see one more of those videos, I'm going to kill myself. I well, swear. I know, but I think we are in a terrible media cycle where because <laughs> all we're doing is scrolling through, those right. things become viral. And I think they are, they make for great little videos. Hopefully that's not like it. But I think there are, listen, there's people, you know, freaking out here in some instances. And I do think I have to take a deep breath and think I do not know where, 
what they have gone through or where they're coming from. Right, right. I mean, you have, I mean, that is the best. That is the most compassionate approach when anybody is. That's not every day. I try that. (laughs) (laughs) I tell myself I'm going to do that. I tell myself on a podcast, that's what I'm going to do. Do I always do that? Who knows? <laughs> no, no. Um, so um, anyway, I've written up your most recent release, uh, which I adore on oh, The Paper Nerd. Yeah, I mean, you. I love it. It's um, Is it a is it uh, about a half dozen cards? Oh, no. Uh, well, yes, yeah, so we did some new for Christmas as well. So, but uh, yeah. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I only did the every day, but you, you yeah. also released some for Christmas. I'm sorry. Um, but they're charming. Um, and I know you found out, I know that you mentioned to me that your downtime during quarantine was really conducive to uh, creating. So I'm just curious, like what was going through your mind? What kind of thought process were you having as these really polished cards with rainbows and rainbow foil, you know, rainbow foil and these, you know, these beautiful uplifting, you know, missives, Um, like what was going through your mind as you were bringing them to life? Yeah, well, I I think we talk about, you know, creativity during the times of COVID, you know, (laughs) what you do when really everything stops, because in fact, everything did stop. You know, when when things locked down, you realize stores are not going to be ordering because they're not open. So I, I can't just carry on in the same way as I planned to do my normal release. And here we go, and we're printing this. And I think this is just madness. I, we can't afford it. We also need to stop. Um, and then as we got a sense that, you know, the world wasn't immediately going to end, we thought, well, let, you know, what, what could be our next step? And I also realized, you know, we have a, a very nice community of stores that support us, hundreds and hundreds of stores. We have a great team of sales reps across the country. We have, we're distributed into Canada. And I thought, well, we have a nice kind of showcase for what we want to do if we choose to do more cards. You know, people are ready to see new things. So I thought right. we can't just hide and skip this release you know i i want to do some new things but let's do them in a way that makes sense and speaks to this moment right and you know look i could have done like this moment could have been like covid puns and like virus little metaphor and i'd like i don't want to do those kind of right right and a lot of people have have done it like everything under the sun i mean one of my one of the better i mean like i saw one card that said um 2020 could be worse your name could be karen you know you might not get it because you're in the closet (laughs) No, that's actually, that's really funny. No, but to be honest, I think those are great. I mean, and again, that's why I was saying really, you have to recognize what your brand is about, and, and yeah, what your message you enjoy, is. Yeah, and just because you enjoy a card, and I think what you do, that's terrific and good fun. It might not be the card that you need. That's to do, not so. your your audience would not buy that card. Would not. Your not. But on the other hand, you don't want to just do the cards you'd planned for February, March before this all happened. So for us, we just thought, well, what is this moment about? And I think now it's really about understanding how important friends are um, and how much they might need support, not just on their birthday and not just in the obvious ways. So we wanted to kind of come up with a group of cards that spoke to that and with the kind of some of the visual metaphors of the day and the visual themes and that for us you know became a lot about rainbows and we had like um, some foils which are sort of a rainbow foil um, 
and then we and so we we played with that and made sure that the cars were kind of upbeat and supportive and cars with we did one with uh, a rainbow which says you know rainbows are on the way and i mm -hmm. thought that is a car that you can send to anyone a lot of the stores have picked it up it just feels very appealing um and it's and it does have a lovely rainbow with gold foil on it oh and it's beautiful so, and it continues yeah. to the back which is yeah. really uh it's really really power it's really powerful yeah well that was one we did yeah so it was that that we found really inspiring because we did have more time and i um to to work on things because really business did stop i mean everyone will tell you the same we were all down like 90 percent or whatever so we had time to um sit back pull out our sketchbook again and um and be inspired and what was interesting to me is uh uh, the one thing you could do in London is you could go for a walk for exercise in the early days. Right. And so at first it was like walking around like a bomb site because everything was closed up and empty. But then mm -hmm. what happened is the store started to put up new signage, which was more optimistic and kind of encouraging people to think about, mm -hmm. you know, the good times coming along. So Harrods did all these rainbows in their windows. They took down to their old displays and it was just new um, posters with rainbows and this too shall pass and it's going to be okay and I thought that was really inspiring to to see that people are again responding in a creative way and that that led me on to kind of to, to do our own release and I'm so glad we did because it's um it just gave us something nice to talk to um about with our retailers and people wanted new things you know they they okay. didn't want um the, I mean, they, they, of course, they've continued to buy our classic cards, but they really liked the new release. So if anything, I realized that maybe rainbows are the new unicorns of the stationary world. You know? I mean, people are still starved for novelty. Like that's not, that's not going to change. And so, you know, it's, it's wonderful uh, that you were able to kind of like stay calm and not panic and kind of like find that creative place and put something out there that enables, you know, people to connect. So bravo. <laughs> Thank you. So, and so how has the response been so far? Yeah, to the, it's to been really, parts? yeah, actually we've been getting, I mean, it's, it's, I think across the board stores have now been coming online again and that has been with orders and that's been wonderful to see and i think that stores which um have reopened are now looking at their shelves and think well actually we have stock here but we want to get something fresh and new and things to cheer ourselves up as well you know so mm -hmm. um we've really got yeah a really nice response to them i mean it's been it's been really gratifying to see that um, we were right to do something fresh and new. And I mean, that's always the thrill is, of course, you know, you, again, sit in your little cave, get these printed, spend your money, and then send them out into the world and see what, you know, your sales reps come back and what, what happens. And, and, that's, and that's terrific. And you feel really, I mean, also, I feel incredibly supported because I know the stores are being very careful with what they're buying. Of right. They so are, everyone is. So if they're buying our list, even in a small way, we're absolutely thrilled. Thrilled, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I've had the pleasure of dining and drinking out with you now <laughs> in <laughs> several amazing cities in New York, New York City, Palm Beach, several times in Atlanta. 
I remember I remember once we were meeting up, you were coming, you were meeting me at one of Noel's paper parties oh, during yeah. NSS in New York. And I had a I had a goodie bag for you and I texted you that I, I was there waiting for you. I had the goodie bag and I and you only sent me three words in response. I think it was in all caps. Hold that bag. Um, <laughs> Which I did. Yes. <laughs> and those parties were, today. oh my God, those parties were crazy. Like now when you, when you think of them, all those people and all the displays and everybody, you know, it's, yeah. it does seem like a bygone era. Um, anyway, that's a long winded way of saying that, you know, I really miss hanging out with you and seeing you even today on this call. Like it's a treat to get to see you. Um, I think the last time I saw you in person, I was trying to figure this out. I think it was Atlanta summer 19. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Cause we had dinner plans and I had to, I had a, 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 um, like a magazine dinner. And, um, so I had to cancel it. Um, but anyway, that's a very long winded way of saying, I really miss hanging out with you. Um, do you have any idea? You mentioned you, you would return for a show when they're, when they're back. And I understand that, I'm not going to hold you well to this. Everything is getting canceled. <laughs> but when would you like to come back at the moment? Like, what are your plans yeah. right now? Well, you know, I think the shows are incredibly important. I think that the one thing about the stationary business that we can all agree on, it's this great community of people. It really is. And I think maybe because a lot of them are small companies. So you want even more this sense of a larger community. Um, but everyone is incredibly generous and, um, you know, helpful to to people who they might have otherwise been competitive with. But you don't get that as much. You get really there's a genuine sense that, like, we're all in this crazy card world and let's try to make a success of it. You know, it's um, but I and so I think that's why the shows bring all of that together. And they are a great place not just to launch new designs but to launch new lines and i i remember I mean, that's where we got started and um the national stationery show rest in peace of 2011 but you know that's where um we showed our line and made some amazing contacts i think that's where we first met sarah yes you know, yes that um, was the first i remember your booth vividly like you oh, were yeah. off to the side towards the back everything was very neutral and you just had your cards on several shelves yeah, and we had pens. Right? No, but yes, I know you're absolutely right. And we were one of the lot. We joined late, so we were in like the further recesses of you know the Javits Center, huh? the joys of the Javits Center. But uh, um, but you know we met. You were incredibly encouraging. It meant an enormous amount when you're just starting a brand to get this kind of feedback. Um, I mean, you've always been such a great champion to so many lines. I think everyone. Thank you. Would Thank tell you. you. That's how, very no, nice. But truly, how, how, um, important that is to kind of you you use your magazine to really really um, showcase a lot of new designers um, but I think that you know so deals are done at the shows contacts are made but I think it's also becomes a kind of magical thing which is so much more than it's working parts because you are there with um, all these card peoples and you're looking at your own line in a particular way and so I think that is very hard to replicate in an online Matter. absolutely just it just doesn't you just doesn't buzz up against it because you know you you can do the transactional stuff of course 
but the other stuff doesn't compare to actually being there and running into people. And I guess we'll just do it with colorful masks at some point. I think we'll, they're going to find ways of doing it. You know, it'll be the way they're, you know, they tried in Atlanta, you know, they had a whole trial mm -hmm. run of that, that, mm -hmm. you know, wasn't like Atlanta's previously but still there was no. some good business was still done. traffic right you and know. they knew they knew yeah. going into it that you know it was only going to be people who could drive in and because no one was really you know ready to fly yet and that it, it was going to be limited it's I, it's amazing that they made that effort because it sounds like a military operation frankly yeah. but i think but those are the learning that'll that then the next time will be even more straightforward. I think the first few times I do it, it probably seems strange. Um, but then as you do it safely and you realize it's doable. Sure. And I think, and I think we'll all want to come back to these kind of oh, places, yeah. you know, and, and have these kind of parties and see each other. And I think, you know, I think this, this will all kind of bloom again. It just, right. Um, right. right. Is, and is, our, time. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I mean, our industry is so smart that people will figure out really clever ways to do it. Like you'll walk in a booth, let's say, let's say it's yours and everybody has one of your card designs. Well, it's on masks. Everybody's wearing the same mat, you know, it's, but it's a card design on a mask and oh, yeah. matching gloves. You know, like you got, people will just, I think our industry will be smart about it. And hopefully that will, you know, kind of spread the creativity to retail, to the consumer. And, you know, people can get excited about this kind of stuff again. And, you know, and, um, you know, just have some co comic relief. Like, you know, everybody is so, is wound so tightly. Anything I think that can, you know, sort of add some style or some humor to the situation is so welcome. <laughs> And we need the goodie bags, Sarah. I'm exactly. missing those. <laughs> I know. I know. Plus all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Plus all the swag. <laughs> Plus all the swag. I know. So anyway, um, it, it was been such. A, it has been such a pleasure catching up with you, and such a treat. Um, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, it has really been. It's really been a treat. It's been a real pleasure. It's so wonderful chatting with you and seeing you. All right. Well, please take care. And hopefully the next time I see you, we'll be in person and not on a screen. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll be having a Cosmo at the Atlanta trade show. That'll be fabulous. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Paper Peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but 
in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because, as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plant, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. Thank you so much, Jason, for coming to the paper fold. I don't think I realized how much I was missing you until we had a chance to chat. And thank you all so much for listening. As always, email me at sarah at thepapernerd.com with any feedback, questions, or if you're wanting to appear on an episode or if you just have an idea for an episode. And if you are liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave me a good rating and review. Thank you so much, paper peeps. Stay well. Music